Hello, world, and welcome to the SAP Cloud Platform podcast, the first podcast of 2019. This is episode 49. I am your host, Moya Watson, coming to you today from San Francisco, California, but bringing you some round-the-world goodness today. We're going to kick off the year with stuff you care about, and how do we know you care about it? because you have said so, and we have listened. So the two sides to that equation. Ergo, if you want stuff that matters to you, talk about what you care about. Talk about it online and let us know. So in this episode, we bring you, as always, what's new, some key uh, new recent features, and we'll have a special drill down on the new cloud platform transport management service that we saw a lot of talk about online. And then we bring you a special interview all about solution diagrams, and I call it Solution Diagrams Inside and Out. So stay tuned for that. And finally, we close with a look at events around the corner already starting the year off right. So new year, new podcast, and I'm going to kick it off uh, with the first segment of what's new in the platform. So just going to focus on what's new in the past few weeks since 2019 began before um, we dive into the special drill down on TMS. Uh, The integration team has been working hard to make your life easier. So there are lots of new things already for API management. Check out the recent blog by Shruti Arjun called SAP API Management, five new features to ease things up. In blockchain news, SAP Cloud Platform now supports Quorum in addition to Hyperledger Fabric and Multichain. Uh, The service simplifies Quorum blockchain instance lifecycle management and is available for Cloud Platform trial accounts. So the number of blockchains and their distributed ledgers is growing. Now here's a question. How do you get to see the great musical legend coming up at Sapphire now? On the SAP Cloud Platform Discovery Center, not only can you get help kickstarting your use of Cloud Platform, but you can also now win prizes, including a pass to Sapphire Now, where there may be some great music going on along with everything else. So start a mission on the SAP Cloud Platform Discovery Center with our new short URL, sap.com slash disco. Asian food recognition caught our eye out of so many favorite community contributions. This one post by cloud solution architect Alexei Ershov. Um, now you can read read about it on the SAP community. Uh, he decided to make machine learning to recognize Asian food. Lots of laksa in his travels there. Check that out and walk through that if you want. Uh, new blueprints. We have a series of new real-world customer-fueled use cases and associated blueprints and solution diagrams, all on cloudplatform.sap.com. And listen later, and we'll bring you more information on that. So finally, for the last part of our section on what's new in the platform, this time around, we're excited to have a special guest drop by. And so I'd like to welcome from Waldorf, Germany, SAP product manager, Boris Sarska. How are you doing today, Boris? Hi, thanks a lot. Hi, thanks thanks for- a lot for having me and um, yeah, happy to talk with you. 
Thanks for joining us. Um, tell us, what is it that you do at SAP? What do you work on? Yeah, I'm a product manager in the area of cloud and lifecycle management, and there I'm uh, especially responsible for all software logistics topics around SAP Cloud Platform. So we have different kinds of responsibility, like um, deployment infrastructure, transport, and mm. all that kind of nitty stuff there. Yeah, the nitty-gritty, great stuff. Um, so the reason we called you on today, um, so on, on January 8th, a couple weeks ago, your colleague Harold Stevens, uh, wrote a blog for SAP announcing that the new cloud-based transport management service is called SAP Cloud Platform Transport Management Service, which is easier to say as TMS, um, was, was generally available after having been in a closed beta for, for a while last year. So we sent out a single, uh, one single tweet pointing to this blog, and it made a big impression, and this generated a lot of enthusiasm. And so since there was so much dialogue about it, we thought we'd ask you if you wanted to come on and talk about this. So maybe let's drill into just what, uh, in a nutshell, is this TMS? Yeah, thanks a lot. So. Um... First of all, the service um, offers a cloud-based transport um, of application development content between uh, sub-accounts. Um, so think of um, where customers come up with new developments, and normally they have a development sub-account, maybe also a test sub-account, and then finally a production sub-account. Yeah. And um, they just face the challenge then to um, propagate those changes in a controlled way throughout that landscape. Um, we are handling, for example, multiple target application archives or SAP HANA XS Classic delivery units. And besides that application, um, that development content, we are also handling application-specific content. So, for example, cloud platform integration content and Fiori content, where, for example, you come up with a new package and also have to handle that propagation throughout the landscape then accordingly. Yeah, so it's it's now the and it's based on SAP Cloud Platform now is the yeah it's it's really implemented now as a service. So we also have uh, it as part of on-premise ABAP systems. Um, that's really part of the ABAP server since since the beginning of um, um, development there as well. Right. Um, so days. customers are yeah right all good old SAP NetWeaver days, and um, so um, customers are normally um, used to that concept and um, never. Nevertheless, um, there are, of course, cases where that does not fit. Um, think of cloud-centric scenarios uh, where customers do not want to bring in an on-premise ABAP system for handling <laughs> cloud artifacts as well. Uh -huh. um, or maybe so they heavy. also do not have... Yeah, yeah it's, it's too heavy. And um, also, of course, it's a challenge to get it into a business case when you think of partner use cases. And also, sometimes the customers do not have access to, to the... Um, on-premise systems as they are handled by a different team or maybe uh, by a central team and then that might be challenging. And that's why they appreciate the, the option here. So what we offer okay. is really an additional option there. Yeah, that's great. So this is why there was a lot of uh, great reaction in in the blog and on the on the Twitter timeline, uh, why people loved this and what was so important about it, right? So people in the ABAP world had known it as change CTS, change transport system. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, we see a lot of benefits and um, that it's much lightweight. Um, you have a cloud-centric approach that you can use there. 
which is of course a benefit there as well. And it's um, of course a little bit simpler to configure as we can apply those transport management concepts, uh, but have it a little bit more late rate uh, approach somehow. And that's of course also uh, very welcome. And um, finally, uh, we also see uh, that it's a good complement to other more cloud-centric um, approaches like continuous integration and continuous mm -hmm. delivery, um, where you have a very agile approach, a lot of automation in, but also there we see the demand that customers might want to have more control, especially when it's getting towards the production environment, because there they might have rather um, more control and want to be in, um, trigger the corresponding updates when they shall happen in those different target environments. And here also SAP um, transport management uh, service kicks in uh, as complement to those uh, continuous integration and continuous delivery services where you have a development landscape but also a delivery landscape then mm -hmm. when it's getting towards the production environment. And there we have also worked together with the corresponding colleagues. Maybe you know there's also an SAP cloud platform continuous integration and delivery service in beta right mm -hmm. now. Uh, yeah. uh, and that can also be out of the box configured to work then together with transport management so that there's an automatic automated handover of then the delivery, the release candidate to the transport management service where you have then a combination of agile development but uh, controlled transport management uh, for, for the production environment. Good news. It's great. So, yeah, um, thank you for working on that. I saw that it was beta for quite a few months last year and then a lot of people from the community were involved in that beta. So it sounds like you're really addressing the customer needs on this together with the customer. Yeah, um, we are very happy with, with um, the contributions we received there from the community there. And um, thanks a lot for all those that joined the beta and provided very valuable feedback there. Very cool. Um, and then we have to say, you know, in addition to the praise, there was also some productive feedback. Um, the Herald and team were quite transparent about the pricing in the blog, stating the model is, uh, let's see, consumption-based pricing, currently 18 euro per month per used gigabyte bandwidth of data uploaded to the service. And um, about our pricing model, um, some people had some feedback. So SAP development architect, for example, Volker Butzek said, this is excellent and long waited for, but why make it so expensive? Such a critical cloud infrastructure should come as it is with SAP CP to foster cloud adoption. So did Gregor Wolf, he also chimed in. Um, so uh, I'd like to give you a chance to say, what what is this feedback about? Where does it come from, do you think? And how do you respond to it? Yeah, I mean, first of all, um, this feedback is really appreciated as well. So it's totally understood. Um, I mean, they are coming also from from some different contexts. And of course, it's also some um, overall transition to the cloud that is happening all over the place, right? Mm -hmm. right. Um, first of all, in terms of the metric, um, that's right. I mean, we are now have, having that metric of um, one gigabyte um, of data uploaded to the service. And I just want to stress that this means um, that we do not charge additional transports afterwards, meaning you upload your transport once, and then you can perform several transports along your um, delivery um, um, landscape then without being additionally charged. Then. Mm -hmm. And based on the results of our beta phase as well, this one gigabyte um, 
could suffice even for hundreds of transports, of course, depending on the actual use case, but um, there are a lot of use cases where that is really uh, quite a lot um, and normally suffices for quite a lot uh, to, to handle. Um, but, of course, I, uh, when you come from on-premise, um, there we have that trans change in transport system in place, and um, um, of course, then it's something different now when you see that as a cloud service. So I just want to make clear that, uh, first of all, we are offering an additional option. So if customers have that uh, change and transport system in place and when to plug in SAP Cloud Platform, that's an option they can do right out of the box as well. So there's no need then um, to actually use our SAP Cloud Platform Transport Management Service if they do not see a benefit in that. Okay. It's just another option we offer there for especially cloud-centric use cases. And also, um, when you think, um, to be fair, um, of, of on-premise use cases also there, I mean, the on-premise system also causes some um, costs there, right, for the hardware, right. for the installation, for the update process, uh, for the licenses as well. Mm -hmm. um, of course, it is rather implicit, whereas um, a price list entry for cloud service is uh, very obvious, and um, that's that's something new. I mean, from that mm -hmm. point of view, it's some kind of transition, I would say, yeah. some kind of um, yeah, overall learning process for all people involved. And um, yeah, we we are, but we're taking that that feedback very serious, and we are also working on uh, thinking about um, further models how we can um, yeah, break that a little bit up. For example, uh, with an option to bring an own persistency in the future, which could further reduce cost mm -hmm. of the service and so on. So, from that point of view, that feedback is really crucial for us uh, as well, and we yeah. appreciate it. That's mm. great. Uh, all these business models shifting as we shift cloudwards together with customers and users. That sounds great. I really appreciate you engaging with the community on that and coming on the podcast and clarifying. Um, and f uh, just finally, in closing, I mean, I saw you already jumping in on, on Twitter and um, and the team working with the community from the outset. Like, how can people reach you there with more feedback and questions for us? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, they can, of course, uh, use my Twitter handle, which is just uh, first name, second name. So Boris Saske is just my Twitter handle. Um, -A -R, Boris, Z-A-R-S-K-E, right? Yeah, thanks a lot for Saske, Saske, Boris, <laughs> yeah, Boris. Not, not, not that easy, yeah, right. <laughs> Good, but, so, we'll, but we are really keen on, on getting into contact there. So really appreciate if we can get some more traction there as well. Okay, fantastic. I'll drop your Twitter handle in there when we ship this podcast this week. And... Um, I, I just want it. to say thanks so much again. It's been a pleasure talking to you, Boris, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Thanks a lot for having me, and yeah, have a nice day. And we're back. So moving along to our next segment, I am so privileged now to host a, a panel of different stakeholders for what for a segment I'm going to call Solution Diagrams Inside and Out. And I'm really happy about this for at least three reasons. First, I refer to it this way because we have three guests, including two folks from inside SAP and one external SAP customer for the outside view. Uh, and second, we're bringing together four different cities on three different continents in two hemispheres for this call. So this is a really multicultural global effort. And finally, thirdly, um, 
Altogether, this is the debut of each of these guests, never before heard on the podcast. So with that, I'd like to welcome, uh, we have from Waldorf, Germany, Bertram Gantz. He's product manager. And from Harleyville, Pennsylvania, outside of SAP's Seat of America's Newtown Square, we've got Liz Cowley, uh, product manager. And then from Melbourne, Australia, Phil Cooley, who is an SAP Cloud Platform Solution architect working at Born Digital. How is everyone doing today? Awesome. Fine. Great. Yeah, great. Welcome everyone together. Thank you for coming coming together at the same time. Um, so let me start. Bertram and Liz, uh, maybe take take a little bit to tell what your roles are on the team and with solution diagrams specifically, just briefly. Yeah, we're both working in SAP Cloud Platform Product Management, so 1PM Platform Evangelization Team, and uh, we are focused on uh, Cloud Platform topics, and me mainly in the last two, one year on solution diagrams, but also other topics around product management excellence and cross-cutting product management topics. Prefer deliberately the Cloud Platform website. Yep, cloudplatform.sap.com. So yes. we're listening to the people that bring us everything on that site, right? Liz, do you want to get quickly introduce yourself? Yeah, absolutely. So on that website, I focus specifically on the scenarios tab, which is where we host use cases and blueprints. And the point of them is to showcase what SAP Cloud Platform is capable of and what business challenges it can solve. And I use solution diagrams in every single use case or blueprint that I publish as the one main visual um, because we're tying together business challenges and technical solutions. And the solution diagram gives me an excellent way to show customers and partners in the SAP ecosystem what services and components are needed to make this solution we're talking about come to life. Okay, excellent. And so working closely together with customers, that's why we're really glad that Phil Cooley, um, you, you offered to join us today. So you've been a long time SAP user. Um, what is, briefly, what is your history with SAP and how did you come to be using SAP Cloud Platform? Uh, yeah, uh, hi there. Thanks for the opportunity to get on to one of these podcasts. Uh, I moved to Melbourne for one of the first SAP projects in Melbourne, Australia, way back in 96. And uh, Crazy actually started in the security space. And space. back then there was no PFCG, unfortunately. So I uh, had to build the security from scratch, which was uh, interesting. 1996. But, uh, was there internet back then? I'm trying to answer. Uh, barely. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've spent the last 20 years basically as a functional consultant in the sales and distribution space. But uh, when SAP Cloud Platform came along, I was just amazed by the capabilities and sort of how revolutionary a, a platform it was. So a few years ago, managed to get a, an opportunity to basically join Born Digital and now, yeah, architecting and building applications so which is really good fun excellent well it's wonderful to have you here on this uh, conversation and i 
I, I, I myself don't work directly on solution diagrams, so it's fascinating to me to hear why these are so important. So why don't we kick it off then um, with, with you, Bertram. Can you give us a, what, what exactly is a solution diagram? Just a diagram or what is it? No, it's, well, the definition I use is it's a schematic diagram for of different complexity to represent end-to-end -end solutions on cloud platform. And to illustrate how cloud platform services and functions and product parts work together, uh, forming or shaping a whole end-to-end -end solution. And so this is an elegant or an easy to understand and fast way to express an end-to-end -end solution visually. And it, has, it was quite successful because this is a fast way of transferring this knowledge much better suited for this needs than purely textual representation. So it's kind of a literally a, a picture paints a thousand words. Exactly. And it's based on, so it makes use of service icons. We also use in the cloud platform product catalog, service catalog in the cloud platform cockpit. So customers see these services in different places. And by reusing these metaphors or these designs of these service icons, we ease the understanding because these service icons reoccur in different places. Okay. Well, beautiful. We, um, I don't know. We put a lot of thought into how we deliver these. So um, let's talk for a second on where and how customers find them. Can you, anybody use them? Are they free? Do you have to be a customer? Yeah, we, we want customers and partners to make use of these diagrams for their own needs, for their own clients, whenever they have need for depict to depict solutions, end-to-end -end solutions, architectures on cloud platform, integrating with uh, SAP backend systems or products like S4HANA uh, or S4HANA Cloud. So to make use of this, it's actually a PowerPoint slide deck they can download from the SAP Wiki. There's a public Wiki page there where they can get some overview information on the concept. Uh, I, published a blog with the more deeper information and it's mainly the PowerPoint slide deck uh, that comprises the service icons for all our capabilities uh, together with some guidelines and recommendations on the graphical elements and the do's and don'ts but there's also a set of uh, sample diagrams comprised in this slide deck and there customers can pick and choose some matching diagrams that fit to their own scenario and then makes their own adaptations to create their own diagram. And then meanwhile, we've got a whole we've got a whole package where these things fit together, right? I mean, I remember it was last year, I think it was Sapphire, where um, Edward came on the podcast and he launched, he talked about how we launched, I think that's when we launched these whole uh, scenario-based things on the website, right? So I'd like to hear from you a little, Liz, about how how these nest together and fit together with our how we deliver the website and the information. Yeah, for sure. Um, like Bertram said, they're they're found today in in this large PowerPoint deck that's really comprehensive and it gives you the rules about it and gives you everything that you need. That's found in the wiki. And as Bertram said, he he put together a blog. We really leverage the SAP community and these solution diagrams. It's certainly for free. We're not charging at all for it. Anyone can access it. And I think part of what's 
so amazing about our SAP community is the passion people have for learning, not just SAP, but our customers, our partners. So we want everyone to come together and share their learning. And we definitely want consistency just mm-hmm. so that it makes mm-hmm. more sense as you're learning and going along that you can take something from one blog post or one guide to another. Yeah. And then where it goes to me specifically on the website is I kind of I formalize these learnings and offerings or tutorials into use cases that are hosted on our website page. Okay. So if somebody wants to go to cloudplatform.sap.com slash scenarios, is that our, uh, we deliver these by scenarios. That's where, yeah, there's scenarios. Scenarios are like buckets. So they're big topics. So user experiences as a scenario, mobile as a scenario, integration. And then you click on one of those that you're interested in. And within them is use cases, which are individual stories about what a, a challenge and how cloud platform solves it. And every single use case has an accompanying solution diagram that shows you what services are being used and how these pieces are connected. And that visual, I think, really helps to orient you on why I'm using this service, what role does it play. Yeah, so I can see that the benefit for us putting all the effort into putting it out there is that people then have a consistent approach to visualizing what they do with Cloud Platform. Right. It's easier, Um, I think, to carry your learnings having that consistency across the board. Well, so now I want to turn to you, Phil. Um, What benefit do you get out of these? How did you find and use them as well? Yeah, so I've been looking online for some time, uh, just trying to find if there were... Uh, any collateral. Usually, I know SAP are brilliant for artifacts and and sharing uh, information. So I was searching for some time because I drew my architecture diagrams on an iPad, which was great, but I found... Yeah, it was a bit tricky when you had to change things and uh, the icons weren't referenced uh, and made sense back to what we saw in the SAPCloud platform, which I think Bertram said that icons match in the diagrams. Uh, And basically, I saw a Twitter post that uh, referenced the diagrams and it was exactly what I was looking for. I think... um, That's why we tweet. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Which is, uh, and I think for me, it provides a consistent language and it basically is a single way of communicating across the entire customer ecosystem so that everyone's, uh, it, basically everyone's talking the same language. So if you see one diagram and another, they, they make sense, which I think is really good. It's especially for architects like yourself, right? So you take these. Definitely. And then you give these to your development team or your customers or, um, I mean, you create or you give these things to um, the whole development team or how, who, who gets these? Yeah, that's, it's a good point. Uh, I find that, uh, so, so what I do is I take, I build a, a PowerPoint specifically for each customer pretty much. And I take the diagrams from the reference diagrams and then tweak them basically for that customer. But I, I use them in uh, SAPCloud platform, well, SAPCloud architecture documents uh, that describe, and then I basically describe each of the components within that those diagrams and detail their function, uh, what they're used for, what they what the component is. Uh, and and go into some fairly big detail on that. 
and then I also use, I also uh, have my own application architecture diagrams, which I basically have used the reference diagrams to create that. So it's not only a, a high-level view, but I get into the detail on an application-by-application application basis. But the diagrams help me with that as well. I think what's really cool about them too is they it's like solution diagrams speak to multiple positions and levels. You mm -hmm. can talk to a decision maker with them and they can understand at a higher level what I why I need it and what this service is doing whereas you can take it even further using some of the the tips and tricks that Bertram lays out in the PowerPoint of different arrows mean something different things calling something receiving something and explain it on more of an architect level. So it's not just, though, for one, one target audience or even no, one? No, not at all. I think it really hits. I think it's relatable to a lot of different audiences. I love yeah, I think, uh, yeah, go I ahead. think you're exactly right. And I think some of the – so some of the diagrams, like there's one – slide with the principal propagation explained with the numbers where you have one, two, three, four. I really like that one because it shows the flow of, and to, to most people looking at principal propagation, uh, other than being pretty scared of them, uh, this gives them a good, um, a good idea as to actually the, the steps and the order in which things happen. So... That's really br good. brilliant. I hear you, Bertram, in the background about principal propagation. Is there a backstory on that? Yeah, I'm. I'm it's interesting that uh, you say uh, this is an excellent diagram you make use of because it's this one diagram where some numbers are added to depict um, a, a, a flow, a solution flow of what happens at one time. And this type of uh, description, so describing detailed steps in the solution uh, with uh, numbers and often at the right side of the diagram, some textual explanation. Uh, I name them solution flow diagrams. They are not, have not yet really been established broadly, but that's an idea I'm actually thinking on or working on and how to how to yeah, make use of this format in a broader way. This can also be used for blueprints to just come up with a solution diagram, adding some numbers and explanation text to, to explain the, the, the technical flow. This, this brings me to my next sort of area of, of discussion. Is this term solution diagram, is this, and solution diagrams in general, is this something that SAP just dreamt up all by ourselves, or are these used in the industry everywhere, other companies? I would say there are other vendors with similar approaches. So this is some kind of de facto standard that mm -hmm. platform as a service offerings are, yeah, that they, they provide uh, simple schematics or diagram styles or guidelines to depict solutions based on icons and, and arrows and uh, graphical elements. And sometimes they are named solution architectures. We name them solution diagrams. Mm -hmm. um, all around end-to-end -end solution visualization. And so we didn't always have these. Like I said, I think we shipped them, was only six months ago now. 
could be wrong. First, first published in November 2017, so a bit older than one year. Um, for TechEd okay, 2017, great. they were first uh, uh, adopted by colleagues that for TechEd sessions. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we didn't always have solution diagrams. Why don't um, there's a little bit of a, an evolution that we've gone through inside of SAP? Maybe it'd be interesting to share um, in relation to the older yeah, that's, technical uh, architect TAM diagrams. Yes, this technical architecture modeling diagrams um, have been existing for much longer time. I, I would assume more than 15 years. They existed when I started at SAP, so they're more older than 20 years. It was based on, on the industry standard of unified modeling language um, with oh, yes. component diagrams and, and activity diagrams and uh -huh. SAP made some domain-specific adaptations to these diagrams and uh, you know, specified them in detail and named them technical architecture modeling diagrams. And these diagrams are still in use, and I, I want to put emphasis on the fact that the solution diagrams are no replacement for the technical architecture modeling oh. diagram. They are complementary. They, I have um, aligned or talked with the, the owner of the technical architecture modeling diagram standard at the SAP to, to specify or to, to make the solution diagrams somehow compatible or uh, yeah, complementary to uh, to the uh, technical architecture modeling diagrams. The TAM diagrams, that's the abbreviation, TAM diagrams are more better suited for deeper technical visualization okay. on a deeper level. But on a higher level, end-to-end -end scenario le level, solutions that span multiple product platform, backends, uh, the whole landscape, the uh, IT landscape from the customer, uh, and especially based on cloud platform technology with the services inside, uh, the solution diagrams are, are the best choice for this level of uh, detail that is needed for discussion with customers, clients, solution architects, uh, and, and yeah, LOB experts. And really getting an agreement on what that solution is. I mean, it's like I'm hearing that this is expressing the solution in a standardized language, a consistent language, kind of, and an abstraction layer up from higher than the TAM stuff that everyone can yeah. agree on. Um, well, given that history, um, what is happening now? Why are they so important and now more than ever to customers? Maybe Liz? I think it's just more of that story, like they're relatable, right? They they kind of help to bring to life, you know, a platform. We have this huge SAP Cloud platform and it's got a lot going on in it. And if you give everything, I don't know, you're giving it a visual, you're giving it an identity. Um, and then you're using that uh, in a repeatable manner through various assets. Uh, like I said earlier, there's so many different asset types that our community yeah, uh, provides right. us, which is great, all tutorials, videos, right. uh, use cases, whatever. And 
I think it makes it relatable across the board that if I take workflow, I can see this is workflow service and this is what it does. And this is the various different places that I can right. use it in. It's versatile. Well, yeah. and we, pro- we provide in addition to these diagrams, a bunch of other assets too. I mean, you briefly touched on how we have scenarios and then use cases that fit into yes. those scenarios and blueprints. And I was wondering, Phil, do you use those um, assets that we provide on that level as well? Or is it mainly a solution diagram thing? I think a bit of both. I have checked out the uh, blueprints and the use cases and definitely uh, definitely in the case of the printable propagation uh, technique there, even though the diagram in the PowerPoint has the numbers, uh, there's no actual explanation in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you have to go to the blueprint anyway to get sort of yeah. more details on what one and what two and what three is. Exactly. Um, so I think... They do go hand in hand, and I really like the addition with the scenarios. I think it gives uh, it gives people just an idea of how many use cases there are out there. And I mean, as Liz was saying, there there are uh, way too many even to keep up with uh, mm-hmm. with all the services on SAP Cloud Platform. But I think it is basically it includes the major major uh, use cases there, and I think. While I haven't used them specifically uh, from a sort of supplying to customer perspective, I have included uh, some of the knowledge and some of the steps and some of the detail to explain the components in various functional technical specs, I guess. So uh, I I think the whole, uh, with the use cases, blueprints, uh, the scenarios, the the reference diagrams and, and so forth, I think they all work really well together to to detail, yeah, the architecture at various levels and, as Elise was saying, to various stakeholders in the in the customer land out there. Well, and you're, I mean, you're, you're the one in the end making these things. So as far as use cases, you'd be coming up with new use cases, I would imagine, every day with your with your with your customers there's an infinite number of of uses so and i think bertram talked earlier about customers making their own um solution diagrams is that something that you you do phil you you create yeah definitely yeah definitely yeah use case level or yeah, I definitely use, yeah, def- definitely customers out there would have different use cases, slightly different to some of the reference diagrams. Uh, recent projects I've been involved in include mobile cards. So I was glad to see that there, there are more diagrams for the, the mobility side. And I think uh, definitely looking for some more content in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I definitely yeah. create, I, I use those as a guide and create uh, my own, including uh, I've actually created my own uh, SAP Cloud Platform sub-account architecture just okay. uh, to detail, you know, how many sub-accounts are in the environment, how many cloud connectors. It's an overall landscape picture, which uh, it basically combines all of the components and details how many systems there are. So I've created my own documents from that, and they've been really well received, so, which is great. <laughs> pleased. I'm pleased. That's great. That's exactly the objective we wanted to follow from the very beginning. 
And what would you like to ask Phil Bertram about what is what is missing and what he would like to see? Yeah, the the guidelines try to match with the expectations the customers have, but it's 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 con- continuous improvement needed. So we get new services, we get to, uh, when entering new scenarios. Uh, also, to myself, I make ex- I experience situations where I say the graphical elements lack some details, or would it make sense to add some elements or to change to add some rules, design rules, so that make it uh, makes it uh, more simple to, for others to to then follow these rules, like this little how to represent an interface, how to represent a protocol with the graphical elements. Mm-hmm. So uh, whatever uh, users or customers uh, have uh, with feedback on, on how to improve this, I try uh, then to, to add to the very next version. What would you like to see, Phil, if you would like to add one thing to uh, solution diagrams? Jeez, uh, that's a difficult one, keeping it to one. Uh, <laughs> more, more icons, right? The, the team has been uh, talking about missing icons or you want to create. Well, I, yeah, icons. I have a specific question, Phil. Do you, is there, when you're drawing up these architectures, is there one icon that you frequently find is missing or one piece of these that you have to add on your own? I think uh, just in recent projects, we've been doing a lot of projects with React. Mm-hmm. So having a React symbol in there somewhere would be good. But that's just, uh, I can grab, I'll grab that from the internet basically and just plonk yeah. it in the diagram. Yeah. Uh, but I think um, the emergence of the wearables and so forth would be interesting to see how that could be represented uh, mm-hmm. with the Apple Watch apps. Um, okay, interesting. And, yeah, yeah, just sort of the wearables is, is going to be huge in the future. So having a, having some diagrams that, that show the interaction between the Apple Watch and the other components I think would be nice. Mm. Uh, and of course, all the the security, some of the security elements which I deal a lot in as well. Uh, I've created my own diagrams around where the user stores are. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in and in, in a recent project, I had a user store in Cloud Identity. There was another user store in the Gateway, another one in ERP, and another one in SRM. So for that customer I had to basically come up with a diagram that showed them where all the security was in the whole solution so um, there's some of the things I think uh, and mobility I think of course can also be uh, added to I think but they're they're the main things that I've had to do on my own so hopefully that gives a flavor yeah well I I, and I would I hate to cut off this discussion but I think it's getting uh, a little intensive for for podcast i want to i want us to be able to come to some sort of a, a closure but keep the door open when when we're working back and forth like this on these on these diagrams and what i'm hearing is there's tons of information and knowledge not only 
stashed into one diagram, but also into this whole group of us right here. So maybe um, in, a, in a closing thought, how how can we keep this feedback loop open? How can anyone send us feedback? Um, and how do, if they've never, never touched these things before, how do customers get started? I'll start with you, Liz. <laughs> Well, in general, if you're on the website and you see something, there is this floating icon on the right-hand side to give feedback. And if you click that, you can submit feedback on really anything, and it comes to us. It comes to Bertram for Solution Diagrams. It would come to me for the use cases. So that's one go. way. Now we know how to write you. <laughs> now you know how to get to me. That's one way to give feedback. Um, Great. I, I definitely think we can improve on how we get our feedback channels in the future. Yeah. Um, and those of you on Twitter, feel free to state your your, yeah. your Twitter handles. Bertram, I know you're really active at Begans. <laughs> Especially on the solution diagram. So you can contact me directly either via this generic feedback uh, function on the Cloud Platform website or via Twitter. Uh, I'm open for uh, providing answers and being open for feedback items and the improvements. Yeah, definitely love to see you engaging there. And and you 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 too, Phil, you're very active on, on Twitter. I love how you're contributing to the community in so many ways. Um, any any other closing thoughts from you about uh, solution diagrams and how to get started? Uh, thanks for that. I think uh, it would be interesting to see or have a compet. I don't know if it's a competition or something, but maybe uh, see how others have used it. So people sending cool in idea. their favourite diagram or some uh, cool way they've used that reference diagram would be interesting. I think. That's interesting. A great idea. Yeah. yeah. Everyone loves a competition, right? Yeah, Fun. they do. <laughs> they do. So I think uh, that tends to, because I myself would love to see how others have used them. I haven't seen, even though they've been available, yeah, since 2017, I haven't seen any other architects using those diagrams apart from me. So I'd be interested to see how others are using them as well. Mm. Okay, great. Well, let's de definitely start a, start a dialogue or keep a dialogue going out there on, on Twitter. And I, I'm very sad that I have to say goodbye to everyone. Um, just in closing, please please keep in touch. And I want to thank you very much for joining uh, Phil Cooley, Liz Cauley, and Bertram Gons. It's been very enlightening. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. See ya. Wow. Okay. So thank you so much. I really enjoyed that conversation, but now I'm afraid I have to really wrap this up quickly because uh, that was quite an involved uh, take on solution diagrams. Much appreciated. Let me just quickly give you a wrap on some upcoming events where Cloud Platform plays a role in the next couple of weeks. We're hitting the year, hitting the ground running. Um, we have a lot of places to come meet, a, meet us at, uh, at events live or virtually. Community events. Uh, Valdorf, you have your SAP Inside Track. It's going on practically as we speak. I know that's this weekend. So you can get your hands on ABAP on SAP Cloud Platform. And you can have many other things I'm sure you're going to learn if you show up there. So give that a shot. Um, February 9th, there's an SAP Inside Track in Campinas, Brazil. And the 12th and 13th of February, we're looking forward to DSOG Technology Days in Bonn, in Germany. 
And then for a, a major event, February 26, 29, we're going to be on site in Barcelona at Mobile World Congress MWC 2019. Come say hi to us there. And finally, early birds, for your planning purposes, Sapphire Now is uh, May 7 to 9 back in Orlando, and our tech head season will begin the week of September 23rd in Las Vegas, Nevada, USA. Look forward to seeing you guys out there. And that is a wrap for the podcast episode 49, January 2019. Look forward to our next podcast in February, and I think... uh, Hosts Manju and Sandy are going to put something interesting together for you there. Uh, And remember to keep engaging with us online. Share your knowledge, blog, answer questions, take to Twitter. And if there's anything you want to hear about or anything you want us to know, connect with us via SAPCP on Twitter. Till then, we'll be listening for you and looking forward to your contributions. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the SAP Cloud Platform podcast. In case you are interested to learn more about SAP Cloud Platform, visit our homepage at cloudplatform.sap.com. The SAP Cloud Platform podcast is powered by OpenSAP. OpenSAP is SAP's innovative learning platform and a thought leader for enterprise massive open online courses. It provides you with an engaging and effective learning experience through gamification and by connecting you with other learners and SAP experts. OpenSAP courses are free of charge and are offered in English. Enroll today in one of our OpenSAP courses at open.sap.com. Thanks a lot and see you.